Justices Katzbach. The ex-Sergeant Fletcher volunteered to remain in custody for a few extra days as he thought that he would be safer locked up until after the battle since whoever won would release him. In the hours after Lord Tyrell's death, the great lords sent messengers back to their estates, ordering the arrest of named members of their households. Two of the conspirators were killed by unknown assailants on the streets of Henstrackle though in one case a healer, who was fortuitously in the same marketplace was able to reach the victim almost instantly. He was too late to save his life but confirmed that the murdered man had accused an unnamed Darltorian of the assassination. The Master Bard, of Henstrackle College, issued a proclamation that Lord Tyrell had been executed for the abduction and assault of a bard. No mention of high treason was made. With their main agent removed from the plot, the king and his Darltorian allies decided to cancel the planned attack and buy their time. Uslian was concerned when so many of his agents were suddenly unreachable but rationalized that Lord Tyrell, in his arrogance, had somehow ensured that contact could only be made through him, thus giving him effective control over the information. It therefore took him by surprise when the decision of the great lord's conclave was posted in every major town throughout the realms. Of the twelve provinces seven had already declared for King Vernon and an eighth soon followed. That left-hand straggle and the three provinces that shared most of the realm's seaboard loyal to Aslian. It was assumed that these maritime provinces had already fallen under Darltorian influence. The stage was now set for civil war. King Vernon decided not to attack first as he needed time to build his forces. Most of the population, who thought about the situation at all, assumed active hostilities would not break out until after spring, as campaigning during the winter months was almost impossible. Master Calpin had written to his hall proposing that they invite the bard Jaila, to overwinter with them, on the usual bardic terms. The girl had agreed provided that the invitation included Kafka and that she could stop for two or three weeks at Melday on the way there. Two days before they were due to leave ex-Sergeant Fletcher announced that he was leaving with the stated intention of travelling north out of the realms until he could see how the civil war was progressing. That evening Lord Brant, who was wisely consulting with the Master Healer, joined Master Calpin, Timon, Jyla and Kathkin as they stood by stood by the windows of the Master Healer's quarters watching as Fletcher walked his horse out of the inner bailey and turned towards the town gate and the road northwards. The ex-sergeant had stated his intention to ride for two hours until he reached a coaching inn where he hoped to join a party of travellers, preferably as a paid guard. He knew he would also be able to swap an eyewitness account of Lord Tyrell's downfall for his food and drink. Once out of the realms he knew the names of some unscrupulous merchants who would no doubt want to employ a man of his easy honour. As Fletcher passed the healer's window, he raised his hand in a mocking salute and rode off laughing. I hate seeing him ride away like that, Lord Brant growled after the departing man. So do we all, Master Calpin stated coldly. He was clever, we have to give him that, Lord Vernon's new heir sighed. No blame on any of you as we needed the information he had. But when I learnt that the Lord Marshal had promised that no man's hand would be raised against him and Jyla that no woman would take revenge, I was upset. I wanted to shout at you for letting him escape from justice. He is banned from the realms. Jyla said quietly. Should he be spared, then that restriction chafes at a man like that. You may be right, Lady Bard, the young man smiled at her. If he does come creeping back then he'll find the realms aren't so lenient again. Timon, please open the window, Pathkin purred. He can ride away laughing if he likes but just a mile or two from the inn his doom will come for him. He has an appointment with death this very night. As he spoke the cat's fur changed color until he looked like a nondescript dark tabby and he moved towards the open window. You can't Kathkin. Lord Brant said. We promised that no one's hand would be raised against him. I was there my lord, the cat's purr was loud, but he neglected to include my paw. 
Then he jumped out of the window and into the tree. Once he was clear of the inner gate he ran economically through the town until he slowed down and strolled calmly through the outer portal. Good hunting Master Cat. I hope you catch a fine rat tonight. It was the same guard who had spoken to him earlier. Kathkin paused for a moment to meow his thanks for the benediction then walked off until he was lost in the early evening shadows. He ran until he reached the edges of the forest. Knowing he wouldn't be observed by any farm workers traveling home, he gathered power and grew. Once again death wore the form of a large panther. Fletcher rode for just over an hour, he wasn't in a great hurry as there was something he wanted to do that needed the cover of night. The last glow from the setting sun was fading as he turned off the road to follow a faint sheep track that led towards a rocky tor. The sheep track ended near a shallow pool. The man dismounted and walked round the pool before following another faint track towards a jumble of rocks. He felt uneasy so he stopped in a patch of shadow and studied his back trail worried that he was being followed. Unfortunately for him he assumed that any watcher would be human. He waited for about 10 minutes then, reassured, continued up the side of the tor before easing into a narrow slit in the rocks. There was a narrow passage that dropped sharply and bent round to his right before opening into a small cave. Fletcher felt along the wall until he found a small metal and crystal rod that he had hidden some weeks earlier. His practice thumb found a small indentation in the side of the device and pressed hard, allowing two small sharp needles to stab into his flesh. There was an odd sensation as if the device sucked on his blood before a faint light issued from a crystal endpiece. Fletcher held the light up revealing several boxes and bags that he had hidden here. He had always thought that Lord Tyrell was rather too immature to be a good plotter and had decided to betray his master if it was the only way to save himself. Self-preservation had led him to store a few essentials in case of future need. He smiled coldly. A few essentials. He had enough Darltorian weapons and other resources to supply a handful of men. If the civil war went well for Kingisley and he would return with a small, trusted group to ensure that he shared in the spoils of victory. His captors had been punctilious in honoring their word and had let his go with a few silver crowns and a belt knife, which was too small to serve as a weapon. Laughing at their folly Fletcher opened a bag and removed a short sword and a small bag of gold coins. He knew he might be stopped and searched before he left the realms and decided not to carry any of the stranger's devices with him. Returning his light to its hiding place he left the cave, remounted, and continued towards the inn. Kathkin watched the man leave before investigating the cave. There was a lingering rotten meat smell that indicated that Darltorian magic had been used so he conjured a small ball of light to survey the scene. Nothing in the bags or boxes held any interest for him as a cat and he was tempted to collapse the cave to hide the items. However, other rats might know of this cache, so he decided to tell Lord Harris when he got back to Lord Vernon's hall. Death once more glided after his quarry on silent pause. Once Kathkin was sure that Lord Tyrell's accomplice was traveling towards the next town, the cat moved parallel to the road and ran on, delighting in the panic sounds of the wildlife he disturbed. He came out of the woods and found himself overlooking a valley dotted with farms. A bridge arched across a river and on the far side a medium-sized town crouched within its walls. A prosperous-looking inn was located on the near bank and the cat could see several traders' wagons in the building's yard. This was probably the sergeant's destination. Kathkin paced along the edge of the trees until he reached the road, then keeping to the shadows, moved back into the woods. Sergeant Fletcher was nervous, he had been expecting someone to send an assassin after him and was pleasantly surprised that Lord Harris and the girl were keeping their word. After all, if their positions had been reversed, he would have sent his men after them without a single thought. He barked with laughter, if they had been his captives, he would have killed them out of hand. Though the girl would have provided him with some sport first. May I share your joke, Sergeant Fletcher? 
a rough voice remarked from the bushes to his right, I am on a serious errand and would appreciate some humor. Who's there? Fletcher shouted. He drew his sword while controlling his suddenly restive horse with his other hand. The sergeant watched as a large black cat casually walked out of the bushes and stood facing him. The great beast sat neatly and wrapped its tail round its paws. Don't you know sergeant? The cat spoke with a growl in his voice. For I am your death. You don't scare me demon. The man pointed at Kathkin with his sword. Whoever sent you is forsworn, and you have no power to hurt me. My blade though is of iron and inset with powerful magics. Be gone before I send you wailing back to your master. The cat sighed, then yawned revealing his fangs. I think you've made a fundamental error, Sergeant Fletcher. I have no master since I am my own cat. I am not human so I am not forsworn. Your sword does not frighten me. Who are you? I am your death and as a cat I have no mercy in my heart. With an oath the sergeant clapped his spurs his horse, with the obvious intention of riding Kathkin down. The cat, however jumped up to land on a branch overhanging the road, and then pounced down again, knocking the man from his saddle. The cat had intended to drag the fight out by letting the man get to his feet, several times in fact, while he battered him with his claws. His kind had after all learnt to kill snakes and scorpions by rushing in, hitting, then dancing away before they could be hurt. It would have been a long and terrible death, but Kathkin thought justified. The man screamed and the horse bolted before the sergeant could kick his foot free of the stirrup. The cat harried the mount ensuring that it would continue to run in panic. By the time a brave ostler stopped it outside the inn Fletcher was dead. As promised no human hand had been raised against him. When Jayula woke up the next morning a large ginger tom was asleep on her bed. A familiar alone, book one of the Catmage series is copyright in the intellectual property of Robert M. War. All original original rights are reserved. 2021. Ghost Stories of an Erudite Man, by T. M. War and R. M. War starts next week. Catmage, book two, To Live a Lifelong Song, will start in December. (laughs) 